Hello, welcome to the Goshen News Sports Podcast. I'm Goshen News Sports Editor Austin Huff. With me today in the studio is Goshen News Sports Reporter Evan Leapback. And we have a special guy. I can't get through this. I'm sorry. <laughs> I got I got two-thirds of the way through. I couldn't finish it. I'm sorry. That's my NPR style. Shout out, J.J. Dubois, Goshen baseball coach. Uh, longtime listener. Was really adamant I go with the NPR intro. But um, with us today, for real now, let's get back to the actual podcast here. Uh, Evan and I are joined by our Goshen News correspondent, Steve Cross. Steve, it's always great to have you in the studio. This is your third time on the podcast, and uh, you are now the record holder for most guest appearances. So, Thank you. I'm, I'll be expecting a, a hefty package on my way out. Yeah, yeah. It's almost like, you know, like SNL has like the five-timers club for people who've hosted five times and they get like jackets. We're going to make you a jacket, I think, for a three-time, yeah. three-timer club. So We don't have the money. We don't have but the we money. Can, yeah. we can give you, you a jacket stitch together a right. nifty sweater like I'm, the one Austin's wearing. I'm going to give you my old high school letterman's jacket that like doesn't have any letters on it, and we'll just go with that. So I'm sure that won't fit me, but that's okay. <laughs> it's the thought that counts. It's the thought that counts. How do you so, have a letterman's jacket? I, I don't know. I got a jacket that just says Manuka High School. Like It looks like a letterman's jacket, but like there's no letters on it. So you're posing? Fo- you're what? posing? I played football my freshman year of high school thinking I was going to actually like play more sports, and then I realized very quickly I'm not athletic. At all, but I could talk about sports relatively well, so that's you know, that's why I'm here. Depends so, on the day. But yeah, sometimes, some days, some sometimes days I'm not. My hot takes are not as hot some days, but the other days are great. Um, we had a busy week in local sports. Steve's here. Uh, he's going to chime in on everything, but obviously he's kind of been our wrestling correspondent as he's been the last couple of years for us. So he's going to be mostly here to talk wrestling there at the end. But obviously, Steve does basketball coverage for us and has been in the area forever. Uh, Hall of Famer, uh, Indiana Sports Writers and Sportscasters Hall of Famer. Uh, so we, uh, we're gonna, he's going to chime in on thoughts on everything. And we'll start with the uh, local basketball that finished up over the weekend, the girls' basketball regionals. Um, we had both of our teams, uh, seasons end, Lakeland in 3A, Fairfield in 2A. Uh, we'll start in 2A, Fairfield um, losing – uh, a tough game. Evan was down there in Winnemac. They led Bluffton by double digits in the third quarter and, and and lost the lead. Bluffton rallied, came back, won the game in double overtime. Uh, Evan, what was some of your kind of analysis and, and thoughts watching that game down there Saturday afternoon? It was a really weird kind of game with the flow. Um, the first quarter is very neck and neck, and it ended in a 9-9 tie. So it seemed like it might have been a close game throughout. But then Fairfield started to do their thing defensively, and they did their thing offensively off the defense, and they had a double-digit lead. Well, it was 22-17 at halftime, and then they really took over in the second half. So you're like, well, it really seems like they're going to you know, advance here. They have the game under control, especially with the way they play defense. I was expecting them to win. They're up double digits, like you said, third mm-hmm. quarter, up nine going into the fourth. So I'm like – I figured, you know, like I said, with the way they play defense, they're gonna they're gonna pull this one out and end up going to the regional championship. But uh, Fairfield, Fairfield Bluffton just kind of you know switched it up a little bit, started playing a lot better on offense, especially from the three point line. They hit eleven of twenty in the game. That's insane. Yeah, that's so. insane. Like, <laughs> and they had six just from one girl. She was six of nine. Yeah, she had twenty one points, and. Uh, I talked to Coach Garber after the game, and that was something that they didn't expect at all. They were very surprised with that. Um, so they were more focused on on defending the post. They had re- Bluffton had a really big post player down there in Zoe Barger. They held her to only three points, but right. 
but they were making shots on the outside, and that's what mm-hmm. kind of killed them. And even at the end of the game, it was 41-36, minute and a half left regulation. Still seemed like they were going to pull it out, but Bluffton made five points in a row off a three and a steal and score, tied the game. And then, you know, Fairfield had another shot at the end of regulation, but uh, they weren't able to, weren't able to, you know, yeah. connect there at and the end. Unfortunately, this has kind of been a thing that kind of doomed Fairfield was closing games out this season. I feels like they had a couple games they were against Garrett, uh, Lakeland, this game against Bluffton, where it just seemed like they didn't. You know, they were up, and it was like, okay, like they're gonna like win this game, and then for some reason, like something happens, the other team gets hot, or they just have mental lapses, I'm not sure, but Fairfield felt like they had three or four games this year where it was like, man, like I can't believe they lost that game because they were winning it pretty, you know, in control too for like the first three quarters of the game. And obviously they got a young team. Everyone's coming back basically next year. They only graduate three seniors. Pretty much four of the five starters, I believe, are back next year. So, I mean, Steve, obviously, you know, you've seen teams in the area who... Well, I've seen Fairfield a couple of times. Right, you guys say I saw them win when they didn't shoot very well right. at all, but it was that lockdown defense. Right. They got the job done and made it made a difference. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but who's counting on, you know, hitting lights out, right. you know, three-pointers like right. that. And yeah, when you shoot 55% from three like Bluffton did, that's pretty high. I mean, there's only so much defense you can do, right? It's like it's like the Golden State Warriors. I'm not comparing Bluffton to the Golden State Warriors. That's but. not quite like the Northridge boys hitting 23 <laughs> right. threes, but right. that's still pretty doggone good. Right. In, in, in a, what was that, when the fourth quarter only? Or the second half? It was a whole game. Yeah, it was a whole wanted, game, but, right. but to hit you know, almost 50% from the three-point line, and they, they weren't even known as a three-point yeah, shooting that team, team as far as they knew. Right. <laughs> that team right. made like four or five threes a game. They came in averaging like four or five oh, threes so they only. Doubled, yeah. They, they yeah. Did right. more than doubled that. So, yeah. yeah. So it was a good season for Fairfield. I mean, I don't want to take anything away from it. You know, sectional champions, obviously it's not easy to do. Um, and and they were in that regional. And like I said, everyone's coming back next year. You know, Bree Garber and Bailey Willard and Brooke Sanchez are the main three players. The top three players are coming back. And, you know, they could use this experience. You know, this is going to be something that they can use for next season, build off that, uh, you know, sizing up their sectional again next year. You know, it's hard to tell who's going to be good, you know, coming back other than Fairfield. So, uh, you know, it's... it's uh, Right, they have the ceiling. This is not, you know... Does Central Noble stay up or do they go back down? I think they're staying up in three, okay, I so they believe. see them in tournament time. Right, so that, that would have been an interesting one, obviously, but I believe Central Noble will stay up. Uh, I'm not 100% confident on that, so don't don't quote me on that one, but um, that would be the toughest team, obviously, if Central Noble went back down to 2A because they're obviously a very potent uh, 2A team. It's definitely um, unfortunate the way they lost, obviously. You right. Know, they had the game in control. But, you know, like you said, they have a good core coming back. So, And they have a good core of young players that Coach Garber said after the game that he's they're going to have to really work in the offseason to, mm-hmm. like, get to, they wanna, get to the point where they want to be again next season. Right. But he seemed like he felt pretty confident, like he has got the pieces to where they can right. get there again. It's so. all there. I mean, it's all there for them. And obviously Brody's got experience. You know, they won the regional a couple years ago and 3A, too, when they were a bigger school. Uh, so, like, he knows – he knows what it takes, and I think he's going to be able to get it out of this that those that team uh, next year. I think at least they're they're one of the teams I'm going to keep an eye on. When we this time not this time next year, but November rolls around. I'll be like okay, maybe we'll see where Fairfield's at. So uh, we had another team obviously playing on the weekend, Lakeland in three A. 
Uh, they beat Griffith uh, in the semifinal, first regional game win ever in Laker program history. Uh, but they ended up losing to South Bend, Washington, 64-50 to in the nightcap. And, and obviously, Evan was there with me uh, shooting photos because Fairfield lost. So he was like, I actually want to work more. And I'm like, okay, come with me to Jimtown. I don't care. Um, I, was glad, I was glad I did. It was an entertaining game. Right. And Lakeland, and, and Steve saw him twice in the sectional. But man, they, they gave 110% against Washington. You just watch those two teams physically. Washington was faster, it's bigger. It wasn't, it wasn't even, even close. close. <laughs> like, it was really insane to like just see how athletic Washington was. And then, yet, there was Lakeland. I mean, they were led after the first quarter. They're only down four. At halftime, only down five. You know, going into the fourth quarter, like, they led by four midway through the third. Like, it was like an incredible performance from Lakeland. You know, I hate to use like the heart and, you know, cle- like the toughness cliches, but like that's what they showed. You know, a lot of mental toughness, a lot of, fit, you know, they had no business athletically being in that game. And there they were pretty much till the end. I mean, Washington made it, kind of ran away with it. a 13 0 run in the third quarter, was what ultimately probably put them away, but Lakeland still was close. You know, in that fourth, but um, what impressed me about Bailey Hartsell and she's yeah. their big scorer, and you know, right. I think she's like number one in everything, you know, like <laughs> basketball scoring. <laughs> she is regardless girls of basketball, girls yeah. or boys, yeah. um, and does a lot of it in the post. And she's right. not a great big girl. I mean, she's maybe she's five ten and slim, but she has those post moves. Right, she's able to go duck up and under, and that's what she does. You know, so mm-hmm. and she can shoot from the outside occasionally, but she. Does most of the stuff around the right. block, and obviously she's a great athlete going to play volleyball at Western Carolina. So like she's a superstar athlete right, she's for them. Able to leap, yeah. right, right. She knows how to jump, right, and so that helps her down there. But like you know, Washington had girls that were six three, six four, six five. You know what I mean? She's and, getting down there in the mountains. Yeah, you know? and you know, initially, initially they blocked a couple of her shots, but then Wash, and then but then Lake Bailey figured it out and adjusted and was able to get some shots down low and. Um, you know, it really was an impressive effort. And this is the Lakeland team. They won 21 games, ties the program record for most in a season. And I don't want to say they came out of nowhere, but once Faith Real tore ACL, you know, late in the season, it was like, okay, like you lose your second leading scorer. You're in a tough sectional. The bracket doesn't fall your way. You get Central Noble to start, West Noble after that if you win. Like, you know, maybe, maybe just isn't in the cards. And you know they proved they proved me wrong at least and won the sectional and and figured they would beat Griffith. Griffith was thirteen and three on paper, but you know they hadn't played anybody really all season. Um, and I think their starting five probably played between twenty five and thirty two minutes a game. Right, they didn't go to the bench very often. Right, Lakeland wasn't a super deep team, which also played a factor. And yet there they were, like battling to the end against Washington, who could be playing in Indianapolis. Like next weekend, that or not this upcoming weekend, but the weekend after that. Yeah, um, with that's the pieces, a team that could, with pieces they have, definitely. right? Yeah. Washington could win the state championship. I don't think that's out of the question at this point. Uh, in three A, they have all the players, and all of Washington's like big players are coming back next year. So like they're gonna, they win it this year. They could potentially repeat next year, and if they don't win this year, they could win it again. They could win it next year still. So it's gonna be a tough, you know, for our area at least to get past Washington in that regional next year, but. Uh, kudos to Lakeland, man. Heck of a season. Uh, you know, one of the best, you know, obviously they, they went the farthest of our coverage area teams. Uh, Hartsell graduates as the best player in program history. Um, 
And, you know, Dale Gerhardt in his first season, man, gets him to the regional final. That's really impressive. It's hard for a first-year coach to do anything, let alone in a year where there's a pandemic and you don't have as much access to your team during the summer and, and in the fall. And, you know, half the girls are playing fall sports, like Madison Kyle, you know, being a state golfer. And, and Bailey Hartzell played golf in the fall, too, along with volleyball. And, uh, you know, so you don't have a couple of your key players there to like, really practice with in the fall and to still get to where they were. It's really impressive. And Isn't that uh, crazy to you, uh, Bailey? Like, she's such an athlete, like the best basketball player in Lakeland history, yet she's going to play volleyball. I know. It's a, that's what's insane. She's the best volleyball player and the best basketball player in Lakeland history. Like, it's, I don't think it's even a question. I mean, definitely not a question of girls' basketball. I don't know enough about the volleyball history to fully give you that answer, but I'm going to safely say she's probably the best One of the top, I'm sure. Yeah, she's probably the best volleyball player. Right. She's so good at basketball, and she's like, nah, I'm going to go play volleyball because I'm actually better at that. Like, or got better college offers, at least, than that. Um, so, so yeah, that's it. Girls basketball season comes to a close. Um, we, from our Goshen News area, man, I talked about it at nauseum at times on this podcast, and I'm sure Sheila was sick and tired of hearing about it, but, like, we had a really good girls basketball season this year. Goshen wins the NLC first time ever. You know, West Noble, Lakeland, uh, um, Northridge, all over 15 wins, right? I mean, you had some really good North, – Northwood, even as the defending state champs, wins two games in the sectional, gets to the sectional final. You know, uh, it was a pretty successful – Fairfield obviously wins sectional too. If it, don't want to forget about the Falcons. Mm-hmm. Um, really fantastic season, top to bottom girls basketball for our area. Obviously – wasn't like last year where we had a state champion, but I would argue that this was a better year overall for our girls' basketball programs than, than last year was just because of the depth. I mean, we had seven teams, seven, eight teams that are just listed off there with above 500 records, and not just like, you know, not, you know, 11 and 10, but like, you know, 18 and 5, you know, so. And they did all that with stopping and starting, and stopping and starting right. because of COVID and Right, such. right. So it's even more impressive that they did it, so. Uh, kudos to all the girls that played this season and all the teams. And uh, it was really, I thought it was a pretty successful season, all things considered. Um, so, so yeah, uh, while girls basketball ended for our area, we also had girls swimming come to a close as a whole in the state this past weekend. Uh, Concord and Northridge were the two main teams competing at state from our area, as they usually are uh, in that sport. And uh, we had a kind of a big honor given to Concord's Tom Johnson. Actually, not kind of a big honor. It is a big honor. Uh, he is the IHSA Girls Swimming Coach of the Year. Uh, Minutemen were really close in the conference race all year with Northridge, finished second, won the sectional, had nine events competing at the state uh, swim meet this past weekend. And uh, this is the second time in four years an NLC coach has won swimming. And, Steve, I know you've been – you know, in the area, a little longer than us. That's just, you know, it's more of a compliment than anything to say that. Um, <laughs> but the evolution of girls swimming and swimming in general in this area, where have you seen that here, especially in the NLC where, you know, Northridge has been a consistently great program. Concord is now on the rise and, you know, could be a top five, top 10 team in the state next year easily. Um, the evolution, where have you seen that maybe the most in, in the last decade or two or so? Well, Concord was always fairly decent I go far back enough that I remember when Northridge started his program maybe 25 years ago so they came out of nowhere they didn't even have a, a pool over there and and so they really came on but you know swimming is such a big deal mm-hmm. in that community that they built the the natatorium the 
a world-class facility and they kept their other pool too <laughs> it's very expensive to mm-hmm. keep two pools going so that shows you know mm-hmm. uh there's the uh, north Jersey swim association nasa is one of the clubs club swimming is very big at concord so that's what feeds that those kids start doing it at very mm-hmm. young ages so it's been a big thing and now you've got that facility over there in Elkhart oh, that you know that, that they have the <laughs> sexual and the other kids are going to get to uh, benefit from that. So yeah, the swimming has just gotten better. But it, it's Concord and it's uh, Northridge. It, mm-hmm. uh, a little bit ahead as far as on this side of the county, anyways. Right, right, and you and you see other schools. I mean, Goshen, you know, had Sam Hunter go down in the two hundred IM at least for the prelims, and Wallace had a couple. Uh, Alexis Mishler placed eleventh overall in the fifty. And they had a prelim go down, or a relay go down in the prelims as well. You get some, you get some sporadic team, you know, individuals here from these other schools, and you know, I, I feel like you see it a lot on the boys' side, and we're going, more on the boys' side. We're going to see that coming up here this week with the sectional, where there's a lot more balance. Uh, you know, when you look at the sectional and the NLC boys' race too. I mean, you know, this was a weird year. I mean, Northridge finished fourth, and the boys like you never really see that. At least recently, you haven't seen that. Uh, Wawasee was contending, Goshen was contending, Concord's depth always gets them. You know, maybe they don't have the high-end talent that's going to compete for a state championship, but the depth is definitely there at these programs where, you know, you're seeing a lot more kids succeed, and, you know, it's a little more of a balanced, you know, even last year the sec- the NLC meet was like Northridge won like 9 of the 12 in the boys, and like this year they won, you know, 4 or 5. Like it's just a lot more balance and a lot more talent that's coming up, I feel like, through the ranks. and. It, it's good for the sport. I mean, it's good for the sport. You, you, you know, Northridge. You don't want Northridge just dominating every, you know, like both at girls and boys. Um, so, you know, it's good to see Concord do well. They struggled a little bit this weekend, uh, but again, Tom Johnson, Coach of the Year. That's pretty awesome. I mean, that's you know, you don't see that. I wouldn't say you don't see that often because Kyle Hembry did it at Northridge three years ago. But it's a pretty cool honor, you know, for a team that. You know, they were good this year. They finished and went to state and had, you know, like I said, swimmers at state, but 13th place at the state final. And that shows you what the swim community in the, in the, in the state thinks of Tom. Right, right. Because it's, it's the whole, I'm guessing it's all the coaches in yeah, the state of Indiana the vote voting for it. that. It's yeah. not just the, the ones up here in northern Indiana. Yeah, I don't and think. Con- <laughs> of course, Tom has done this a long, long time. Right. He's been doing it for a long time, of course. But yeah, it's, it's kind of cool to kind of see that and, he he was saying that like he was just stunned, you know, by the by the honor, you know, because I don't know how many coaches are expecting that, especially in girls when it's Carmel, you know, won their thirty fifth straight state championship, you know, this past weekend, and it's like, you know, obviously they're going to give the coach of the year, hopefully not to Carmel, unless they just totally are like deserving of it because they're going to win every year. I don't know how the state stops that. I don't know. <laughs> and second was Fishers and Joe and uh, uh, Joe Keller. Joe Keller, who mm-hmm. was at Northridge for a, was he there nineteen years? I believe so. Because uh, yeah. he's a coach there, so and yeah, crazy stuff. Fishers and Carmel are right next to each other. Yeah, they're yeah. both in Hamilton County. So yeah, it's you know it is what it is. Um, that's been the state of girls swimming in this state for literally decades. So. You know, Northridge, Concord, they, I think they're going to be good overall in the next couple of years. Excuse me. But um, anyway. You okay there, pal? I don't know. I'm re- <laughs> I, like a little hiccup there. Um, I promise I'm fine. Um, 
So congrats to everyone that competed this weekend. Uh, Tom Johnson, of course, winning Coach of the Year. Uh, it was pretty cool. So uh, let's let's shift a little bit quickly with some boys' basketball talk before we hit on the wrestling little boys' basketball. We had the NLC regular season wrap-up over the weekend. Mishawaka and Warsaw split the NLC title. Um, Steve, you were there at Mishawaka Northwood Friday night, and the Cavemen... I don't know if they're. A, I don't know how much of a surprise they are this year, but it feels like in their first year of the NLC, they've kind of come out of nowhere. I mean, it's their it's their first share of a conference title or anything in sixteen seasons. So, right. Well, they have they have depth. I right. Mean, they they're, they got three guys that can score. You know, 15, 20 points a game, and that's kind of you know what led them. Ryan Klinsky is. He's his fourth year as a coach, but it's like his 29th as a coach. Right. And he's had a lot of success at different places. And so while it seems a little bit like a surprise because they have won, they won the NIC in 2005, and I think they did got to go back about seven, 55 years to find <laughs> another title. They've won yeah. two, you know. Yeah. Two conference titles and two different conferences in like seventy year period, but uh, yeah. that says more about uh, you know wrestling's been a big thing there and football and mm-hmm. so they've had basketball <laughs> uh, success, but they, not they just didn't right. finish at the top. They, they more than they more than make up for it with their wrestling and football success. So this is not a school that's deprived of championships. Like you know, it's not like the basketball is like their best sport. You know, so it's. Uh, That's they, right. They definitely the make cave, up for it. Nineteen twenty-four. If you've never been to the cave, it's it's it, it's a different. <laughs> it's got an atmosphere atmosphere yeah. in there. And uh, it's definitely unique. I liked it. Yeah, you've I went been to that before. Game. Yeah, you yeah. were over there. Um, yeah, because you saw Mr. Walker. It North used to be dark yeah. as a cave. They've they've fin- they've upped their light game. You know, in the last mm-hmm. ten years or so, it used to be mm-hmm. very dark. But yeah, people have complained about now. that all the time. And photographers will, that's the first thing they'll ask. And, yeah, and I yeah. get it, you know. I, I, I warned Evan about that, the, the darkness of the cave, and then he was there, and he's like, this is great. What are you talking about? Yeah, I, I'm like, I, I was tell, tell I was telling that. Joe Weiser about that. I said, this place is good. You come here a few years ago, wouldn't have been the same. <laughs> wouldn't have been the same. But, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and uh, uh, speaking of other NLC, Northridge, Really good weekend for the Raiders. They beat Concord on Friday. Valparaiso on the road on Saturday. That's a good win for them. Um, Northridge, fourteen and four, and they're they're looking great again. And, and Evan, you were there Friday against Concord, and, and they definitely, you know, you when with with Northridge, it's always the Stolfus twins and, and Sam Smith. But mm-hmm. that game on Friday was a little different. It was more balance, uh, more of the role players, I should yep. say, kind of stepping up for them. Yeah, and they've. They had a good week. They've had a good couple weeks. They've won right. six straight now after that Mishawaka game, really, and they scored eighty nine points. I mean, Plymouth isn't a great team, but any, like that was the twenty three three point three pointer game. So I mean, right. if you're shooting like that against anybody, it's impressive. But uh, yeah, like you said, that Concord game was it was different to begin with. It was close for three quarters. They had issues maybe with the physicality from Concord down low, mm-hmm. but they found a different way to win this game. They, in the fourth quarter, they really took over. 16-2, outscored Concord. And um, they only made six threes in the game. So they, like I said, found a different way to win. Played good defense down the stretch. And they got um, double digits from Micah Hochstetler. Is that how you pronounce it? Hochstetler. Hochstetler. Okay, Hochstetler. Yeah, yeah he, he, he was big against Concord. Uh-huh. Because if he can have that kind of production to you know add to Sam Smith and Carr Stoltzfus, mm-hmm. take some pressure off them, going forward into the postseason, that's huge. And that's something that 
Radiker said was big mm-hmm. if they can continue to get that production from him. Right, and and Steve and I know from the last couple of years with Northridge, the shooting's always been there, obviously, but they had Alex Stauffer down low too, which helped them big time. You know, literally, he was a six five guy and playing. An they do that a little bit with Jacobs. He right, and if they didn't have those guys with the ability to shoot outside, they would probably try to feed Jacobs more often. <laughs> right, right. But I, I guess I'm going to the point is like, you had Stoffer down low, which opened up the shooting even more. Right, he was a force Right, there. so yeah. you got to, you you know, it, it, it was going to take some time to get Jacobs and those other guys up to speed. But now that they're maybe up to speed a little bit now, you've seen it, you know, they went to Jacobs a lot in the Goshen game when I was there a couple weeks ago. This is a team now that all of a sudden, like, maybe they have that inside play, which opens up Smith and Stolfus's even more, and Trevor Brown even more. Like, this is – they're starting to show those signs of what they looked like the last two years where, you know, they seemed unstoppable. I mean, obviously 23 threes in a game this year, that's insane. Like, I, they're not going to do that. If they do that again, then we got maybe something going here. Um, but, like, yeah. you know, they, they are playing at that level where you look at that sectional and it's like, man, like Warsaw, like, yes, they're, they're winning games, but – can, can Northridge avenge that loss, right? You got Elkhart in there. It's kind of hard to figure out the Lions right now. They win some games. They lose some games. Like, they're kind of floating to 500. Concord, I'm not sure what they are right now. They played They played St. Joe well. They played Northridge well until the fourth quarter of both those games, and they kind of fell down the stretch. You know, can Concord start closing games against the big teams? Obviously, they had a nice run there where they had won five straight. Now they've lost three in a row. You know, what are the Minutemen right now? Um, big kids, obviously, they could when they play at their pace, man. Like they're they're, they're hard to beat. Um, but it's it's interesting that that and don't sleep on Goshen. Dare I say, don't sleep on Goshen right now in that four A section. Like they're playing better. I know I see them a lot, so like maybe it's clouding my judgment. Mm-hmm. But like Drew Hogan is playing some great basketball right now. They're figuring out how you know all their roles. Right, they had a nice win against Wawasee. They were down. You know, for most of that first half and rally in the second half, and, and Hogan took over, which helped. But, like, I don't know. Like, that 4A section, I mean, obviously, Penn's in there, too. So, like, you can't can't count them out. Like, it's... It's going to be a fun one It's going to be a really interesting sectional at Northside Gym in two weeks. Um, the brackets come out for boys basketball on Sunday. So, that's going to be fun. Two-hour show uh, from 7 to 9 p.m. I'm sure uh, people on our deadline doing the paper that night will be thrilled Right, Sheila? She shakes her head. Yes. So. What time was the girls' one? Was it not seven o'clock? Same? Also seven okay. o'clock on a Friday, on a Sunday night. So well, you Prime made that time. one happen. Prime time, yeah, because that's when everyone wants to watch a bracket show for two hours. And uh, I'm excited for it. I'm off that day, but I might come over and uh, <laughs> it, to the and, office. And I'll it, be at the office, and it, I'll come over to the office and watch watch it the with reveal the, bring show. Bring some popcorn. With you. Bring some popcorn. And Steve, if you want to come over too, you can bring the candies. And hey, the NFL season is over. There's nothing happening. Why couldn't you have that get, show at four or one, three or one? Just, yeah. yeah, there's nothing much in the afternoon. I, but that's not the way they I know. want to do it. So I know, I know, because when the when they the girls' show was going on. That was at, that was a championship weekend in the NFL. So like obviously like there were things going on, but mm-hmm. uh, but also you were airing it during the Bills Chiefs game. So like that doesn't matter. Yeah, no, exactly. it doesn't matter. It is, it's I don't know. They did the wrestling at four o'clock on Sunday. Why can't we do it at four o'clock? I'm not arguing with you. I think you see. <laughs> I know you're not. I'm just putting I'm it what, out there. Yeah, I'm I, looking I, at you, but I know you're not arguing with me. I'm just like in general, like yeah. looking in the room. Yep. Uh, all right, let's shift. Speaking of wrestling, 
segue. Let's shift to wrestling. Let's finish up our rest, our podcast with some wrestling talk here. Steve Craw has been covering all of our teams except Wawasee, basically, uh, the rest, last couple of weeks. Um, Wawasee I just, saw them at the NLC. You did see them at the NLC. Mm-hmm. I'm in the sectional and the... And the regional semi-state, they unfortunately go... Yeah, they go to Plymouth and Penn and and, and East Chicago. Right, so they yeah. go away from most mm-hmm. of our teams, mm-hmm. uh, which is unfortunate. But we had eight wrestlers advance to the state tournament that begins Friday. Uh, they're doing a split pre... Uh, not, prelim, not prelims, but the split, split first rounds Friday. Uh, weight classes 106 to 145 will go at 11 a.m., and then 152 to 285 will go at 7 o'clock at night. And then Saturday morning, 9.30 a.m. will be all of the second and third round. Or basically gets us down to the semifinals. Quarterfinals and the semifinals. Right. But gets us all the way second to the, and third round is Right. Gets is. us all the way to the, the finals. And then at 5 o'clock they're doing – or 5.30 the consolation? 5 o'clock they're doing consolation? 5 o'clock. 5 o'clock consolation, 7.30 finals. That's correct. Seven, everything is streamed online except the finals. The finals are on uh, on Fox Sports Indiana. So if you have YouTube TV like I do, you can't watch it, um, which is great. So, But let's run through some of the matchups from our local areas. Let's do – we'll just go by weight class here. We'll keep it pretty simple. Steve was great and typed up some notes to make Evan and I sound a lot smarter uh, than we actually are about Especially wrestling. me. Especially yeah. Evan, yes. Uh, I'm not very well versed in the wrestling world. Yeah. Vicente <laughs> Ekman from Goshen. He's going in at 106. Uh, he will be taking on Toby Billerman from Perry Meridian. Uh, Ekman 27-4 and four on the season. Billerman 32-3. and three. Ekman a senior, Billerman a sophomore. Uh, if you go by the rankings by Indiana Matt, Billerman is ranked number three in the weight class. Ekman is, was not ranked. Uh, this season, but both of them have made it to the state. Um, Ekman's kind of an interesting story, Steve. You know, reading your semi-state story, you know, he didn't. He kind of struggled to be eligible last year for a yeah. lot of it, and now mm-hmm. he's you know kind of redeemed himself here with the state appearance here at 106. That's right. He as a freshman, he was just a JV wrestler. As a sophomore, he he um, wasn't in the lineup very much he was ineligible much of last year wrestled maybe 10 matches and then he came on this year i mean he's he's um he says this about himself that he needs to have more confidence i mean mm-hmm. he, he's more of a counter guy he says mm-hmm. i know that if i'm going to win i need to be more on attack mode mm-hmm. but and you think well wrestlers they're always on attack mode well <laughs> there you can wait till the other guy makes a mistake or mm-hmm. he he comes forward and then the you act off of that and that's what he right. likes to do but he says he needs to you know take it to him more often so mm-hmm. i say well i say if you know that then <laughs> you're telling me that then, then then i guess you'll figure out a way to do that so. right and obviously he draws a tough matchup in billerman ranked number three uh billerman third of the newcastle semi-state but a lot of the top teams in the state are at that newcastle semi-state if i'm not mistaken a lot, a lot of the you know, indie indie area teams are there, so that it sometimes right. can be tough to get out of that. You know, Newcastle is you know yeah they got a lot of Indianapolis teams. Perry Meridian is one of the traditional powerhouses right. in wrestling, so he comes from a, a really good program. Yeah, so this should be I mean tough tough draw for Ekman, but he's having a great season, and you know we'll see I guess what happens. So, um, Evan, you want to ask about one thirteen here? 
We're going to alternate here, man. Well, this is we just talked about what we're going to do on the podcast while we're on the podcast. So you want me, you want me to ask you about ask about one thirteen each individual. Ask about matchup. the one thirteen weight weight matchup, bro. Steve's waiting on bated breath for you to ask his question. So, I mean, my, I guess my question is, realistically, what do you think his chances are of winning? Who? At Bo Brab? Yep, 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 yep. Brabender at one thirteen. You got to you got to give some intro, man. We got to talk about. You gotta give, you gotta give a little insight, man. <laughs> Bo Broadbender, he's twenty nine six. Northridge freshman going against another freshman, Hayden Demarco from Chesterton. Uh, Chester or Demarco ranked number tenth. Bo does not have a ranking. Is this uh, Andrew's uh, kid, baseball coach? That's right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I knew the the name stuck yeah, out. That's I figured Andrew, that's, that's what it was. Andrew's, he's got four kids. I, that uh, Bo is one of them. Mm-hmm. I remember Bo. Um, I think I took a picture of him back in the day eating nachos when he was about six years old. It's <laughs> in the gym, and then, but I knew he was way into wrestling because that's why they were there. Because yeah. he was doing, you know, club wrestling or whatever. And so one of these days, this is going to be him. You know, coach tells me, well, he was right. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah. So to answer Chesterton went. Chesterton <laughs> had Chesterton had seven individual champions at East Chicago, it's and impressive. Demarco was one of them. So they were, uh, let's put it this way, Penn had eight guys get through, but they finished like 60 points behind wow. Chesterton because most of their guys were finishing third and fourth. They weren't getting the points. So, mm-hmm. so yeah, this is, but they're both freshmen. And so this is their first time on that on that, that stage. Right. I'm sure a lot of these guys have been in these big, you know. Right. State yeah. tournaments on the on the freestyle side of things, but mm-hmm. it's the first time they're going to be standing in uh, Banker's Life Fieldhouse. So. Yeah, it's a different beast, and obviously in a normal year there'd be a huge crowd. Even on that Friday uh, this year, they're doing some general admission, from what it sounds like. Uh, but each wrestler only gets four tickets per family member as well, so the crowd won't be as big as it's been obviously in years past. Right, and the state we talked is, about how they were going to break up the weight classes before, mm-hmm. and that's all about the social distancing. So they just right. have as few people. Uh, I know the the media is not usually on the floor; they're going to be way up high. Right. Uh, so the, the, at, at no time do you take off your mask or get closer than six <laughs> feet from anybody, or they'll right. probably ask you to or they'll make sure you do or ask you to go, to go so right so uh you know everything's going to be available to stream online and watch so you'll be able to watch from home but uh yeah so it's going to be interesting like you said two freshmen never been on this stage before so you know who knows maybe nerves will be a, play a factor but won't be as intimidating as a stage as it has been in years past so that that helps i guess a little bit um are you going to be steve are you going to be watching the stream because you're going to be higher up or are you gonna be- Bring your binoculars and uh, <laughs> look down at the. I think floor. I'm gonna. It might be a little bit of both. Because <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's being right next to the mat is definitely or the court or whatever it is mm-hmm. is better than being a million miles away. So mm-hmm. but you gotta do what you gotta do. So. Right. Hey, social distancing. I get it. You know. Hopefully, it's not. You're not way up. Way up there. It used but. to be that one of the media levels at Marcus Square Arena where the Pacers played, which is the the the, the pre you know, before the, the, the field house came along, that 
I remember sitting like at the sixth level. That's I think it's higher yet than yeah. Normally I was on the floor. <laughs> occasionally I got sent up there. Yeah, yeah. we were lucky last year <laughs> there with the girls basketball that we or, were on the floor or, or court you know, side. Well, if you cover the state football finals, you're right. you're you're, all you're sort of in the same county, but barely. <laughs> yeah. You're way up there. You're all the way up there in Lucas Oil. So yeah. yeah. Uh, let's go to 120. We got uh, Justin Puckett going up against Lane Gilbert. Justin Puckett from Northridge, uh, 30 and 4, and Lane Gilbert, 27 and 0. Um, Sullivan doing well. I stapled the wrong sheet. Oh, there we go. Found it. Ha ha. I accidentally stapled the wrong sheet uh, to the wrong one. Uh, Gilbert ranked number three, undefeated sophomore from Sullivan, and Puckett ranked 14th. Uh, he is a senior uh, from Northridge. So, uh, another tough matchup, man. You're going against an undefeated kid. That's always got to be tough. Yeah, the, you know. yeah, that's right. The, the way that it works uh, at the ter- state tournament level is that the if you win a championship, the next round you end up being seated against a champion from another site. And that's the way it is. And, of course, with Sullivan being undefeated, he won, mm-hmm. you know, he was a Jasper semi-state is where they where right. he came through, so that's the deal. But Puckett is a senior. He has 131 career victories. He's you know he's pinned 19 of his 30 victories, so he he knows what to do. So mm-hmm. yeah, you I, would say on paper that would be an upset, but it, you know right, it's going to be this tough. Is a, this is a kid with a lot of experience. So right. Also, I want to apologize to uh, Evan. I didn't realize I stapled the papers wrong, so he had no idea. I think. When I was reading the 113 info, he doesn't have 113 in front of him, so I don't think he does. At least, um, he's got the heavier weight classes. So you're gonna, Evan's gonna have to be my eye or my voice for the heavier weight classes when we get to them here for the stats and info. Um, I, I stapled the wrong sheets together. I apologize in advance for that. Not in advance. I apologize in retrospect for that. So yeah, it's not really in advance, right? <laughs> I apologize in advance for something I did an hour ago. Um, yeah, the printer like printed them off really weird. So. You have the higher weight class info, but we will get through this, I promise. This is great. Um, this is great audio. So, uh, yeah, so Puckett's going to have a tough matchup. Uh, obviously, like I said, going against an undefeated kid, that's tough. Um, we have two local kids in 126. Uh, Nick Olson from Goshen, 32-2, and two, a junior. Second at the semi-state this past weekend. Uh, he's ranked number 12th. He gets Devin Weeble from Hobart. Devin is a 10-7 and seven record. Um, sophomore, so he was third of the East Chicago semi-state, not ranked. Um, this feels like a good, on paper, it feels like a good matchup for Olsen. Would you agree, Steve? I would say so. Olsen, um, you know, he's 32-2. and two. two of his losses, he lost in the championship at the semi-state at Fort Wayne. And then his other loss was to a Chesterton kid who's ranked number one at 120. Saw him in a the, in the tournament earlier in the season. Mm-hmm. So those are the only two matches he's lost this year. Um, I'm thinking Weibel, not knowing all the details. If he's ten and seven, he probably missed time either from, you know, being uh, quarantined or injured or something that he didn't wrestle that right. many. He, he's had as many postseason matches as he's you know more than he had during the regular season. It looks like <laughs> right, right. And it was like a similar case. I think there was I saw a kid from Penn, I believe, who's under 500 that made. Uh, one of the brackets made it in one of the weight classes to state, I believe. There was a kid yeah. somewhere under 500. It's a weird thing that sometimes happens in wrestling. It's not right. because of that, but it's like 
they're inac- they're ineligible or something, right? Because they transferred or their grades or whatever, and then they come on in the second. So the semester churns, and there there they are. It's like, where'd they come from? <laughs> right, like their secret weapon or something. Right, so that happens once in a while. That, right, so that may be what you're talking about there. Yeah. So Olson, you know, gets a good draw, and obviously everything after that, it's a tough. You know, a lot of these weight classes, you know. It's going to take a lot for our local guys to probably make a run, like a real run. But, I mean, you saw it with Jake Lone last year at 195, so it's not out of the question. Or 195, is that correct? 182. Jake was at 182 last That's year? That's right. Sorry, I misspoke. I'm thinking of 195. Um, other 126 matchup, Brendan Dilly from Wawasee. He's 16-11. and 11. Uh, Kind of a – I wouldn't say like a miracle run here, but he didn't place at the NLC, but gets second at Plymouth, fourth at Penn Regional, and fourth the East Chicago semi-state to make it to this round and uh, he gets Landon Barch yeah you would call him a, a dark horse I guess if you've done what you know what you said and I mm-hmm. think maybe he maybe he was I'm not certain but I think maybe he wasn't able to wrestle uh, mm-hmm. earlier and that's why he he came on late yeah he gets Landon Barch from Bluffton who's undefeated as well 22 and 0 ranked ninth in the class uh, you know, tough draw for Dilly, but you know, hey, he's obviously got this far. I mean, he made a you know made a nice run so far, and who knows? You know, you get you get going, you get hot, right? <laughs> Start right. making your three point shots, something like that, right? Um, and uh, you never know. So uh, it should be interesting there at one twenty six. And then uh, now, now Evan has the proper info to read off um, for <laughs> our next set of wrestlers. Two wrestlers at one thirty eight. Uh, Evan, do you want to read off some of the matchups and the stats of those those matchups? I would love to do that. Yeah. Thank you. So yeah, like you said, one thirty eight. Uh, Logan <laughs> Logan Hooley from Northridge, uh, senior. He was second in NLC championships, first at the Elkhart sectional, and then first again at the Goshen Regional. And he was third at the Fort Wayne Semi State. Um, you know, he's going up against who is he going up against? Hudson Harold of Zionsville. Yes, thirty and three, thirty one and four. On paper, obviously, it looks like a pretty even matchup. Steve, what do you think uh, Hooley's chances is, or I, I should say? I think Hooley's got a, a pretty good uh, chance at this. Um, he's, a, he's a very good wrestler. and um, We were talking about this off-air, a um, little inside baseball, even before we started talking <laughs> about how rankings this uh-huh. year in any sport are harder to come by during COVID because you don't know who, you know, was quarantined for two weeks before you played or who was in the lineup and who wasn't in the lineup right. and that kind of thing. So it's not easy for these these guys who do this ranking and they really follow this stuff really closely and they do a great job, but it had to be harder this year than ever. <laughs> to go. So whether these rankings are legit or not, and and besides, it's it's to get people talking, and we're talking about it. Right, right. That's we're what here. they're there for. But they don't really mean anything. <laughs> they got us. It's like, hey, they're tenth. Uh, that means so they if that was just right. If that meant anything, we just wouldn't bother to have the match right. and we just go on. But that just okay. not the that's not what right. it's all about. So yeah, who's who's these. Definitely has a shot. Because like someone, because someone, uh, we'll get to him later. But Ibrahim Ibrahim Koucha from Northridge, I believe they said he was ranked like fifteenth or something in like the class, like by Indiana Matt, and like he won the semi-state, you know, Fort Wayne. Like, so like, what do these rankings mean, right? Like, you know, so he, he's obviously improved a little bit. I, I don't know if he still is fifteenth yeah, or not. Yeah, I don't know what, like, goes, what all goes into the, the yeah, the but it's like you know he's twenty nine and one, and it's again we'll talk about him later, but. Um, 
Yeah, the next the next matchup is actually a good rankings matchup because it's mm-hmm. fun. I was going to say. I say number five yeah. versus number four here. Uh, Evan, you want to run down the details? Yeah, Jason Alexander from Wawasee, four-time state qualifier, so he's been here before. Second wrestler in program history, by the way, to do that. That's w- it. Which is impressive, obviously. Yes. yes. First place at you know all three clean sweep NLC championships, the Plymouth sectional, as well as the Penn regional. What do you think, uh, Steve? I mean, it seems... Seems like he may be the favorite against Gavin Allstott here from Floyd Central, twenty-five and three. Well, like it's four and five. So, like I said, like he said with the rankings, it's even again. But do you think with Alexander's experience, do you think that could put him over the top there? Yeah, I, I think so. Um, you know, last year he drew the kid that went all the way and finished fourth, and uh, he had a really tough draw last year. This year, this is a pretty <laughs> and it's pretty hard draw. Yeah, but I think it's a little bit better. He's been there, like say, three times. Um, he's just a very good wrestler. He's got a good head sh- on his shoulders. I think Jace's got a really good chance. You said he was the second four-timer. Who was the first four-timer? I, I'm not uh, sure, but the, so Daryl Carr. I'm not 100. percent I just know I think that it was Darryl, one Frank, of the Carr brothers. Frank Baumgartner, when he sent in his email from the results on Saturday, he said that. Jace was the f- second time in pro- program yeah. history someone went to state four years. I bet it was Daryl Carr back yeah. in the 90s. I am not 100%. I wish I had researched that before. I, I But I know that Jace, like that's what they said, he's gone four years. So it's pretty impressive. You know, he's got that experience, like Evan mentioned. So, um, yeah. I, I, he's Him and uh, him and uh, Ibrahim Coucher the, and Nick Olson, too. Uh, we'll talk about Coucher here at 195. He, he won everything. NLC... Sectional, regional, semi-state, twenty-nine and one. Gets Harrison Eason, twenty-six of five from Franklin. Franklin um, Community. Franklin. Franklin. That's exactly. That's ah, exactly Franklin I, Community. I typed Franklin on my uh, rundown notes. <laughs> well, so that's bad. It's probably the uh, <laughs> abbreviation. Uh-huh. You know, they have I was, several that starts F R A N. I was just watching the show and I was. I guess not paying attention fully on Sunday. So, I was uh, worried about his ham and cheese sandwich more than his. Yes, I was. Um, okay. You act like I can afford cheese. Um, <laughs> so, Coucha to me feels like the guy I'm looking at. Just from watching or from reading your reports, he feels like a guy that could maybe make a run. Of, of all the guys that we have, am, am I misspoken there? Or do you, or do you, are you eyeballing anyone else that could maybe make a run? I, no, I think you got that right, Austin. Um, he is. Of course, we're not watching anybody else that's around the state, and right. we're focusing on you know up here. But he he has pinned every he's he's pinned all nine of his uh, opponents since the since the sectionals started. He got twenty six pins out of his twenty nine victories. He rarely has ever gotten he has he doesn't get out of the first period a lot of times. Now in the finals on Saturday in Fort Wayne, he gave up a takedown in about the first. 20 seconds mm-hmm. and he said and I said well what happened and I talked to him afterwards was asked what happened there he says well, what my coach told me if he makes this move do this and I said I didn't do that mm. I did the other thing <laughs> yeah but he quickly got a takedown or I mean he quickly got an escape he was down two to one going in the second period and he then he put the guy put the guy away mm-hmm. like he has so um yeah He's a good he looks actor. like he has fun out there too. <laughs> he's got a beautiful head of hair. From oh yeah, he yeah. does. He's got a, beautiful. You, you, head can, of you hair. can find you can see him because you know he's got <laughs> a mile away. Yeah. 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 Two, two people. Yeah. But yeah, he's he always seems to be maybe not 
during the match, but he's always got a smile on his face before and after. So mm-hmm. you can tell he's he's got a good attitude about right. things. And he's a senior as well, so this is his last, you know, kind of hurrah. And, uh, you know, there's certain, uh, I think, motivation, you know, to go out as strong as possible in your senior year, right? So he's – obviously he went to state last year, so he's been there before. Um Lost in the first round, I believe, last year. Is that correct, or did he, he get to the second day? No, he 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 drew the kid that won the whole thing. Right, last so that, year. that was tough. Silas yeah. Allred was might have been because <laughs> he was the, yeah. he might have been the best wrestler of all fourteen yeah. champions last year. Yeah, uh, and that's who he happened to couch because so. Coucha Coucha was fourth at semi state a season ago, I believe. So he kind of got the job where he got you got to go against one of the better ones. You know, now he's a you know semi state champ, so he draws a guy who. You know, maybe he didn't have as strong of a performing. Obviously, Eason twenty six and five, six and five is still pretty good. Like it's right. something to sneeze at. But uh, I mean, he's a top ten guy according to that, those rankings. So. Right. So whatever those mean. Right? So whatever those mean. Because yeah. <laughs> Couch is having a, a, an unreal season. So uh, should be an interesting weekend down there in Indy. Um, I know you'll be watching from home on Friday, and if we get some we get some guys down there, you have to bring your binoculars and watch on Saturday. So. Uh, Steve, we always appreciate all the work you do for us. I know I text it to you basically every week, um, but really appreciate all the work you put in, especially with wrestling. Um, and uh, I know you like it, so that's why we, or at least someone told me you liked it at least. And now I've been kind of going with that for you know. It's the definitely last the best at covering it out of <laughs> us. You know, definitely not, I mean, even, not even close. You've so. never read my wrestling. Exp- I would imagine that Steve's probably better Steve's than a little you better than me. Covering yeah, Steve, Steve yeah. is great. So. And, you know, you're doing all the basketball, helping us with basketball, too. And I know in two weeks I'll be bugging you to probably go to West Noble or, or uh, Bethany Christian all you, week. You, and uh, I know that Sheila said, like, we'll wrap this thing up. But you did say the word basketball. There's one thing I wanted to, <laughs> oh, to mention. Here we go. That I forgot yeah. to say something. Uh-huh. I, I, I just realized that Ray Strait, yes. who's, the, who's been the – Keeping the book, I believe, 34 years. Yes, at Goshen. At Goshen High School. Does a great job. And if anybody knows Ray, he's a great guy. And he's known very well in the track world, too. Um, that was his last home game. Yes. So, congratulations to him. Mm-hmm. That was probably the two best quotes I've gotten from a coach all year. I asked John Everingham, who obviously played at Goshen High School in the 90s, so when Ray was still you know, there, and Michael Wolford after the game on Friday, and that was like, they were just like, their faces lit up, man, just talking about Ray. So that was really cool. Uh, congratulations to Ray on retirement, uh, at least from scorekeeping. I, I think he's going to go live in Florida <laughs> with his wife. I, I don't know if he's retiring, like, overall, but, like, you know, he's given up the book. So 87-88 was his first season. It's pretty impressive. That is, that's 34 years right there. That's, so you going to still start track meets i wonder i don't know he's done that for maybe maybe he'll do at least as year. many years i think hopefully he can do it this year you know get the goshen relays hopefully we get him in and then you know go from there so uh yeah so congratulations again to ray on a great career uh good luck in retirement as always and uh that'll do it i think for this edition of the goshen news sports podcast I want to thank steve craw again as always for coming in third time uh coming on the podcast we'll get that jacket for you in two to four business weeks <laughs> and um we will be back next week to recap all the happenings of local sports. We got boys sectional swimming, upcoming state wrestling, uh, and more boys basketball in the area. So we'll have a fun week of uh, stuff to talk about next week, and we'll hope you listen. Then. <laughs>